Welcome to the Thunderbolts.info podcast for December 21st, 2012. We bring you all the latest news, information, and analysis from the Electric Universe, shedding new light on the many mysteries that dark theories have yet to illuminate. Today we continue our series on some of the ongoing mysteries surrounding NASA's investigations into Mars. In our last conversation, we touched on the incredible long-livedness of the NASA rover's opportunity and spirit. And it happens that just a couple of days after the most recent broadcast, the New York Times ran a science headline entitled, Opportunity, a Mars rover passed its best by date, keeps going. Unfortunately, the article barely mentions the nature of the mystery and it makes no attempt to offer any real answers. Well, David Talbot is with us again, and we're gonna be discussing in greater depth the Martian environment and the Martian atmosphere and what these conditions tell us not only about Mars but also all of the planets that reside within the Sun's electrical domain. Now David I just briefly mentioned the topic of our last conversation and we had some really interesting discussions erupt in the YouTube comment section and so I felt the need to just kind of briefly flash back here it would be nice if we could just go right into the heart of the matter. Why don't you begin by explaining to the audience the difference between wind on Earth and wind on Mars, and why it is that, in your opinion, this explanation from NASA that occasional gusts of Martian wind are responsible for cleaning the rover's solar panels, that does not stand up to scrutiny. Well, I think it does not hold up to scrutiny at all because the differences between the Earth's atmosphere and the Martian atmosphere are really quite profound. I think of a particle of dust in the terms of a boulder sitting on a surface, and imagine the difference between one person pushing on that boulder, that would be on the planet Mars, and 120 to 125 people pushing on that boulder, which would be the action of the wind on Earth. So if you scale up a, a particle to the size of a boulder, you can get a good sense of the differential in the ability of that atmosphere through the movement of atoms and molecules striking a surface to actually move a particle of dust. So the mechanics of dust movement becomes very important here, and the complete exclusion of electrostatics from any of the discussion is actually ignoring the electrified environment of the planet Mars. So well, we have to talk about that environment and how it is distinguished from the environment of the Earth. Right. And not to belabor the point, but it is ironic, as we pointed out in the last discussion, that we have these latest developments in self-cleaning solar panels that actually utilize electrostatic technology. Yes, exactly. And, and that's the whole point. Uh, scientists and technicians that have worked with electrostatic cleaning and electrostatic deposition or implantation, they know very well how an electrical environment will affect the deposition of dust on a surface and the removal of dust on a surface. And the fact that this was discussed by NASA engineers and so on in advance of the rover's landing on Mars is actually quite ironic. 
But the fact is that once this miraculous cleaning occurred, there was no discussion, at least no discussion we could find in 2005 when this became a story uh, from NASA scientists, no discussion of the possible role of Mars's electrified environment in that cleaning. Now, why is this so paradoxical? Well, here's one reason, for example, Michael. The tenuous atmosphere of Mars does not protect the surface and lower atmosphere from charged particles received by the sun. So right out of the gate here, we have a huge difference between the Martian environment and the, and the Earth's environment. Imagine the surface of Mars facing the sun. It's being impacted continuously by charged particles of the solar wind. So there's going to be a day and night difference between the electrification of the day and the night. Well, in fact, we happen to know that the margin cleaning of the rover's solar panels occurred at night. So we say, don't believe in coincidence and don't believe in accident. This is a dead giveaway that the differences in the electrified environment of the margin atmosphere were the key players in the cleaning of the solar panels. And it actually is that simple, I believe. I don't think we've ever seen it suggested that it's anything other than a coincidence that the cleanings happened at night. Yeah, that's that's very paradoxical because these went on for years. And and uh, I, I actually don't believe that a working scientist would would ever want to stand up and say that he thinks that's a, a coincidence. So the nighttime electrified atmosphere of Mars is going to be much different than the daytime due to the fact that at night there is no impacting of charged particles from the sun on, on the surface. So this isn't a, uh, a question to which I would give a, a deliberate and complete answer. It's just that the general framework for analyzing the issue should be quite obvious. That's, that's my personal position here. Right. And, and we have so many interesting atmospheric phenomena to talk about on Mars. We have electrified dust devils, and we have global dust storms. And you mentioned the tenuous nature of the Martian atmosphere, less than 1% as dense as Earth's. And so it's kind of hard to wrap one's mind around how you can get these dust storms that are actually larger than anything we see on Earth. Yeah, that's the fundamental paradox. that We see things occurring on Mars that are fundamentally atmospheric, but they're doing things up to energy levels and global effects that are beyond anything we've ever uh, ex experienced on Earth, certainly in modern times. So now we have to pose the question, what is it that is separating Mars and its atmosphere from Earth and its atmosphere. And the charged particles from the sun are fully capable of provoking the events we see on Mars. So I'd love to talk next about uh, the, the, the role of dust devils on Mars, for example, because here you have phenomena that are just violating every principle of a neutral atmosphere. It makes a great topic for getting into the larger issues. That's right. And David, we are keeping this a little bit short today and not to belabor the point, but in my opinion, if the old Unsolved Mysteries TV show was still alive today and still making new episodes, this would be a legitimate topic for a segment on that show. 
Again, these rovers were expected to last 90 days. That was the lifespan NASA gave them when they arrived in 2004. Spirit lasted until 2010, only died because it was ensnared in the Martian soil. Opportunity is still alive nearly nine years later. And again, in case the point hasn't registered fully with some of the viewers, let's refer to a NASA news release entitled The Case of the Electric Martian Dust Devils. On the issue of dust adhesion to the rover's solar panels and any other equipment on Mars, notice this quote. If Martian dust devils are highly electrified, as our research suggests, they might give rise to increased discharging or arcing in the low-pressure Martian atmosphere, increased dust adhesion to spacesuits and equipment. So they're acknowledging here that given the unique conditions on Mars, we would actually see greater adhesion of dust. That's a puzzle. Excuse me for interrupting, Michael. But I mean, this really is a, a puzzle, and it puzzle gets highly ironic because... The truth of the matter is that when it was first discovered that they were just going on and on, I mean, they had been more than half depleted of their power. And then suddenly at night, it began to recover. This is both opportunity and spirit. And uh, today, we stopped asking the question. So it's telling us something about the psychology that operates within the space sciences, too. It's completely understandable, but it is time to begin consulting with electrical engineers and experts on electrostatic cleaning, not just to provide future cleaning instruments and so on, but to understand the surface of Mars, which we were investigating in the first place. Right. Now, what about this issue that I just raised, uh, reading from that NASA press release, the issue of dust adhesion to surfaces on Mars? Is it possible that dust adhesion on Mars would actually be worse than it is here on Earth. And so it would be even less likely for gusts of wind to somehow clean dust from a surface. Actually, the, the key consideration is probably the fineness of the dust. Uh, the finer a dust particle, the, the greater in relationship to its surface area will be its potential for electrostatic sticking. And there is an incredible amount of fine, fine dust in the Martian atmosphere. If you go outside and look at your car and look at the, the uh, walls, of the, the side walls of the car, this isn't where anything's impacting on the, the car. It is, it, it is collecting very fine dust. And that fine dust is electrostatically attached to the side of the car and to the windows on the side of the car. No forward motion is involved in that, no impacting or anything of that sort. But that dust will not just resist wind, it will even to a substantial degree resist water. And that's the nature of, of the sticking that can occur as a result of electrostatic attraction. So there are differences between dust on Mars and dust on Earth up to some level, but the principle of electrostatic deposition and electrostatic cleaning is absolutely sound. The bigger the, char the, bigger the particles, the easier they can be moved. In other words, in relationship to the total surface energy of the particles, you take gravel, for example, Gravel isn't moved around much by dust, but the total energy to remove gravel, it will fall off in response to gravity. 
gravel, you, you turn a shovel upside down and the gravel will all fall off. At, at the finer levels of, of dust particles, the sticking would never allow you to just turn the shovel over and the particles of dust fall off. Okay, now Dave, looking ahead, we have, as I said, the Martian dust devils, the global dust storms, and we should let people know because I don't know if this is a commonly known fact or not, but the electrified nature of the dust devils, and not just dust devils on Mars, but also dust devils on Earth, it is now becoming an accepted science fact, and this is not something that had been anticipated. But as we get into that discussion, I think we're going to see clearly illuminated the need for NASA and for other mainstream planetary scientists to begin greater communication with electrical engineers and other scientists who understand and who specialize in the behaviors of electric fields. Because what we see is what we would consider a fundamental misunderstanding of cause and effect in NASA's discussions of these electrified dust devils. Yes, exactly. That's what I pick up from so much of the discussion of the electrification of dust devils and so on. It is true that you can separate charge by the movement of dust. It happens all the time. But what is driving that event that is showing up as a dust devil is the issue. If you reverse, well, what we're seeing is that they are inverting cause and effect and losing the ability to actually explain the phenomenon and how it arises. Because in an electrified atmosphere, you do get these kinds of phenomena. And that's the very thing that I think we want to take up next would be how do dust devils arise in an electrified atmosphere? All right. Well, David, this has been great. We've introduced issues here that we're going to be talking about in much greater depth in the coming month. And we'd like to remind people again that we do have the Tipping Point Conference, EU 2013, coming up January 3rd to 7th in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And we do have a link in the video description box where you can go and learn more about the conference if you'd still like to attend. And we're just going to keep going forward here. Mars is a hot topic. We still have the rovers on Mars. We have the Curiosity mission. And I'm sure we'll continue seeing headlines from NASA talking about the never-ending search for microbial life. But there are many more interesting and thought-provoking mysteries that aren't being talked about in the mainstream media and they're not being talked about by NASA, but we're going to keep talking about it here. Okay, very good, Michael. All right, thank you, Dave Talbot. And thank you, the listeners, for joining us yet again. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everyone. As always, keep checking back to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash thunderboltsproject. And stay up to date at thunderbolts.info for all the latest news and analysis from the Electric Universe. Thank you very much.